This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. That period, the emergency, was the span of my adolescence. The slow time of betrayal when two lives are led. One life, the one lived at home. The old life is an imposture which conceals the second and is devoured by it for its troubles. For all the indecent haste to bury my childhood like a dead cat, there was an ache of loss. Whenever I saw my father coming home from work, forcing one stiff leg ahead of another, I remember our walks, my hand in his coat pocket, and I could feel again the tear in the lining and the hot bowl of his pipe. When I was 17 Hello and welcome to Novels, Plays and School Days, our Leaving Cert and Junior Cert education series. Today we are looking at the book Home Before Night by Hugh Leonard and I'm joined by the students of Clear Adult Education Centre in Kilbarrick and their teacher Geraldine Finlay. You're all very welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. And Geraldine, uh, Home Before Night by Hugh Leonard, could you tell us just a little bit about the book? Yes, morning Debbie. Um, this is, is an autobiography by Hugh Leonard about growing up. It's, it's a coming-of-age novel. It's growing up in Dorky in the t- 30s and 40s. Um, his style is that he deals with different anecdotes as he grows up. It's not a direct sort of chronological order. Um, and it's a very funny book. Yeah, it's a great book, isn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 And just to the students, did you, did you like the book? Loved yeah. it. Yeah, <coughs> loved, loved it. it. Yeah. What did you love about the book? I think uh, the, the, reali- the reality of it was very funny because I could identify it with a lot, a lot of it. Real life can be very, very funny at times. Do you think that, say, the lives of children, so this is the lives of Hugh Leonard as he's growing up, so um, do you think that it's the lives of children are different today in Ireland and you think it's better or it's worse? I think it's much better today. Yeah. Compared to, it's better for schooling. They have, uh, they have more choice. Uh, they're heard. The mm. children now today are listened to. And what about education, I suppose? Education is a big uh, thing in the book, isn't it? Yeah, they had... Um, uh, you know the way the schools were run by the Catholic Church then? Mm. So that was one aspect that was very... You know, it was terrible on his life, on Hugh Leonard's life growing up. Um, that's all abolished now since 1971 so school is better now for children they love the kids actually love school, going yeah. to school yeah. so all through when his school days Hugh Leonard's he had terrible he was in awful situations with the way the, he, the, way, the, way, the way they were treated every school he went to he was affected by you know, it left a, a terrible effect on him. His situation was slightly different in that um, he was from a, quite a poor working class background, but he won the scholarship yeah. to the, the Presentation College, That's isn't that right, what it's yeah, called? Which yeah. was, um, and uh, how did that pan out for him then, I suppose, in, in the story? So he had this vision of from reading comics, um, English comics, that he would um, be like one of the characters. It was going to be a great school, you know, and it wasn't. They were all, it was a terrible school, the presentation school. Like he said, he never learned anything from it. 
And do you think that was because of his working class background that he just couldn't settle in? No, I think uh, they were snobs. The, the children let him know that he was from a poor working class background and he only got in there. You know, when the raffle, I mean, when he started the school and there was a raffle. Yeah. He wasn't allowed because they said, oh, you're too poor. That'd be a temptation for you to, to take to rob the yeah, one. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it was very, um, it was, it was a, there was a, a class distinction there. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way he looked at that is that um, when you come from a working class background and you go to, to college or you go to another school and it's that kind of conflict in you in terms of um, there's that scene where his father's at the gate and one of the kids has been a snob yeah. about his father and saying is is that thing with you more or less yeah. yeah because he, he didn't look right you know looking yeah. in what's he looking in here for and then when he turned around and saw that was his father and they were actually jeering him yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, he was so he was angry that he was ashamed of his father but he was ashamed of himself for being yeah, ashamed yeah. you know It was time to make a start. Flan Hartigan was talking to Dennis O'Shockensey and another boy a few yards away. Jack walked over to them and stood listening, not putting in his prate, but with the beginning of a grin on his face for when they would speak to him. For a minute or so they paid him no heed. Then, still without looking at him, Flan Hartigan said in his tough accent, What a quaint old gentleman I see at the side gate. Jack turned around, ready to laugh at whoever it was, and saw his dad peering in. When he caught Jack's eye, he gave him a wave and a wink, then went marching off with smoke pouring from his pipe, like from the crooked chimney of a tin shed. A horny-handed son of the soil, I would say, Flan Hartigan said, his voice now louder. Do we know him? Do you, O'Shockensy? Then I saw Shockensy spluttered, high up inside his nose. Flan Hartigan's eyes travelled along the look, like two curtain rings on a rail. Ah, he said to Jack, as if he was charmed to see him. Good day to you. Perhaps the old gentleman belongs to you. Can't quite hear you, he said. Do speak up. Does he belong to you? In a minute there would be a crowd around. He should have turned and walked away. But the shame and the shame of being ashamed swelled and spilled over inside him, so that he was more surprised than anyone to see his own fist ramming into Flan Hartigan's face catching him in the soft underpart of the nose. And that's a huge kind of um, theme in the book, isn't it, Geraldine? It is. Class. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, he, he wouldn't have become Hugh Leonard and Hugh Leonard, as we know, is his nom de plume. He, he was Jack Byrne. He was illegitimate. He became Jack Keyes. And then as an adult, he called himself Hugh Leonard. And I think even that, did he ever fit in anywhere? Mm. And, and class comes right through the book, even in terms of his parents' attitude towards their betters. Yeah. Um, towards the, the Jacobs that the father worked for. Yeah. Um, and then Hugh Leonard wouldn't be Hugh Leonard but for the chances he got to move away from that mm. working class background. He, he never looked back then. When he left that school presentation he, he said he, he never gave it a second glance because mm. he didn't, never learned anything from it. And do you think that, I mean, the movies and the escapism was escaping from the reality. I mean, the, like what you're saying is he didn't really fit in yeah, Anywhere, didn't. really, did he? No, he never did, no. He, he felt that, all through the book, that's what it says, he never really fit, fit in. Yeah. He, like, he started, he got bullied in school then by the, those snobby children, yeah, yeah. you know, because of his, his uh, class. I think, they didn't uh, accept him. I think because he was illegitimate, that played a big part in his mm. life. And I think he always felt a bit, a bit inadequate. Mm. 
And that, that, that really comes through the book. Yeah. And one of the main uh, drivers of him feeling like that was his mother, the mother's character. What did we think of the, um, the mother's character in the play, his mother? She, she did love him, but she had just a funny way of showing her love for him. Like she minded him quite well and she pushed him all the way. Like she, only for her, he probably wouldn't have done half the things he had done. Yeah. But she probably didn't know any better and she did hurt him deeply by saying, like, I'm going to give it back to your mother if you're bold and um, tell him all the time, like, he he was um, illegitimate and that nobody wanted him and that she took him on, the great thing that she did. Yeah. And and what about that? I mean, was she making it more about herself, the adoption? Yeah. Because it seemed to be that yeah. when she told everyone it was about what a fantastic woman she was that yeah. she had adopted him. Would you agree with that? Or? Definitely. She was, looking, <laughs> she was looking for praise for that because she had done a wonderful thing. She'd gone in and she'd saved this child from an orphanage maybe or whatever, you know, in those days they did. And she never let him forget and embarrassed him a lot of the times over it. Yeah. But it was all about, it was all about her and what she had done, she'd done a great thing and she wanted people to think that she was a great woman. And when you look at the at the, the questions that come up on this, one of the things is key scenes from the novel and the opening scene of the novel is the scene on the ferry where his mother gets drunk. I mean, what did you think of that scene or what did you think of the mother's character in that scene? She's hilarious in it, but she's... Um, you see, she's she's complex. She's all different things. Yeah, like um, she's having a few drinks, she's having a laugh, but they're sitting to the side, just observing. Like they're not joining in. It's not. It's like it's supposed to be a family day out, and she's off doing her own thing, mm. even though they're all together, and she causes terrible trouble. Yeah, yeah. For him, but they, she embarrasses them again. And know. it's interesting mm. to to see that through the eyes of a, a child, isn't it? Rather than just describe. And I think that's what's great about the book in general is that he uses the voice. Of, of a child and he yeah. explains things it's like a child eyes, yeah. yeah they're actually waiting on it to happen yeah because they knew she had the drink in her bag and she was running into the loo every now and again and taking a few sips yeah so they knew what was going to actually unfold because yeah. every time she drank she would get very um, aggressive and I suppose he was only what was he about 10 in that scene yeah, was he yeah. but the fact that he was so aware yeah. of what was happening and, and did you feel that kind of tension yeah, because he was more worried about the embarrassment because he knew even though she'd be at home and she'd have a few drinks, he didn't mind about that because no one could see it. Yeah. But he didn't like it out in the street when everyone, right. you know, could see what was going on. He, he didn't like that. He, yeah. He'd be mortified. You always heard the one you love. Jack wanted to run. Run across the bridge and hide in Tara Street Station. But there'd be only more commotion if they thought he was lost. He turned his back on the Royal Orders and looked at the other things. The Custom House, the row of handsome cabs, the lit up trams on O'Connell Bridge, the Corinthian Picture House. He was making himself wonder what picture was on there when a woman bent down to him, a cream-coloured face stooping too low and saying, Are you with that lady and gentleman? He was going to say no. Instead he put his fist to his eyes. She pulled one hand down and held the threepenny bit in front of his face. Your mammy is only upset, she said. She wrapped his fist around the threepenny bit. Will we wait for them over here? She led him to the corner of the bridge. It entered his mind that she might be trying to steal him. 
the way the tinkers on the Barnhill Road would have caught you. But she looked well off, so let her. a big idea in the book as well then is identity isn't it as well yeah. um, and and his image yeah. and also that whole thing of going into adolescence yeah. and developing your image mm-hmm. and, and what is your image and, and who are you and that's that's really explored in the book isn't it as well Absolutely and even as he grew up the fact that the mother found it much harder to part with them yeah. whereas the father who was a more laid back character sort of went along with each growing up stage if you like Yeah and there's lovely um, parts of the book where he moves from the home out into the, the playgrounds and out onto the streets and eventually as far as Dunleary and maybe into town and there's a whole progression as you say out yeah. into adulthood yeah 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 um, that, that we can all relate to I mean that's the, I think that's why we all enjoyed it so much and everybody understands that feeling when you yeah, looked yeah. at your parents and yeah. you kind of you wanted to be grown up and you wanted to, to move on yeah. but at the same time there was still that little bit yeah. of a child in you yeah. as well you wanted that comfort yeah, exactly. I think we all still want that, really, don't we? At the end of the day, everybody misses it. And also just the way he, he says he learned to cope. He wasn't physical, so he actually learned to cope with words. Yeah, he had yeah. Um, he cultivated a uh, language yeah. to be yeah. able to cut people off if yeah. he was insulted or anything like that. So he was brilliant at cutting, yeah. you know, yeah. words. And it's all his identity is all around preserving himself and yeah. preventing being yeah. hurt hurt yeah, again isn't that he really was hurt it? that much he was he had to do it yeah, yeah you know everyone has a way of protecting themselves and his was words and what did you think about his relationship with his dad then what did you think i mean if you're looking at characters and the leaving cert then they're going to ask you you know um one of the questions from 2013 is what is jack's relationship with his adopted father like and can you describe an incident that shows what their relationship is like so. Is there any uh, examples from the book? Well, first of all, what did you think of their relationship? It's a lovely relationship. It's, it's very loving. The father had unconditional love for him, and um, he just understood him. And he, Jack, was very comfortable in his dad's and company. Can you think of any scenes from the book that demonstrate? Well, they took him? a walk around Dorky that time. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just he was scared of the ghosts, and his, he was he loved the, being scared, and he loved being with his father and. Like his father um, telling him about, he he confessed to his dad that he was worried about um, his mother coming to cl- uh, to get him. That mm. his aunt Chris had said his mother was going to come and get him. And even there, this, this humour, his dad said he's going to kick her up the backside <laughs> yeah, if yeah. she came. And yeah. If she came from that. And he, he just, um, he assured him that everything was okay. And that the mother wasn't going to come, and yeah. he was grand where he was. This is his adoptive mother, his, who's yeah. like his own, his, his, yeah, his, his real mother, mother, his real mother. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, and his adoptive mother has yeah. kind of created her into this almost yeah. bogeyman yeah. sort of character yeah. that's going to come and get him, which is quite odd. I thought, yeah, oh, we a lot of us can relate yeah. to that really. yeah. <laughs> yeah. phrase that your mother is somewhere else and you're going yeah. to be sent back. We were right. all told that um, yeah. when yeah. we were children, when we were bold, you'd be sent, sent back, back to your mother. You're too young, right? But that was a very significant anecdote because. It showed a grown bond between the father and the son. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. No, it was it very is endearing. Yeah. It was beautiful. I, uh, thought, I loved yeah. that was my favourite now. I loved that, that yeah. anecdote. They went down the crack steps that led to the back meadow 
and past the rabbit wood. He kept his hand in his dad's trousers pocket until the hill rose behind them and hid across. Da, do you know the thing that I'm most afraid of? What's that? Me mother. Not mammy. Me real one. Auntie Chris says that when it gets dark she comes and looks in at me through the window. Is that a fact? It had been in the back of his mind like a spider, and now it came rushing out. Yes, and me aunt Chris says she's tall and with a white face and a black coat, and she comes out from Dublin on the tram, and she wants me back. And me aunt Chris says it's not true what Mammy said to me on the Royal Iris, about how me mother was on Lambay Island, or what you said when we got home, about how she couldn't get a hold of me from there on account of how she had to stay and mind the seagulls for a pound a week, and the only food she got to eat was pollock and horny cobblers. From the way his dad chewed his whiskers, you'd think the weight of the world was on him. No, he said. No, she's not there. But that wasn't the lie, son. It was more of a make-yuppie, because you were too young in them days. You wouldn't have understood. For a minute his dad looked without answering from the dark land to the sea his head twisting like a bed knob. Then he pointed and said, Do you see that flashing light? The Kish light ship da. Well, that's where she is, on the Kish. His da sighed, God help her. Da, what if she got off the Kish? What if she's at home now before us and looking through the window? It was night now, and he could barely make out his da's face against the blackness of the rabbit wood. Well, if she is, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come up behind her and give her the biggest root up the arse a woman ever got. His face burned with delight. Will you, da? I will, and be Jesus, it'll be nothing compared to the root I'll give your auntie Chris. And what about the scene where um, the dog, so he's been told, the father has been told to go and put the dog down and he drowns him he thinks it's more humane <laughs> it was hilarious but yeah. it was sad as well but the father thought he was doing him good yeah but that was more humane to drown him than let the policeman you know shoot him yeah yeah so it was very it was funny now but it was sad as well I love the way he put a twist of humour on something so serious that's what he just threw out the book so in the scene with the dog his dad brings the dog and he puts a stone on the dog and he puts him into the sea but um, the dog surfaces back up. Yeah, and Jack has <laughs> and followed Jack his drowns, dad. Yeah, <laughs> Jack. Jack is taken up by the collar then and dragged back out. So and they're all you, dripping wet. It was so funny. And what do you think that shows you about the father's character? That scene. How simple he is. Yeah. How how he's, innocent as he's well. Innocent. Do you yeah. think he really wanted to put the dog no, down? No, no. no. So who was forcing him to, to the put mother. the dog down? Right, yeah. okay, yeah. The mother. But then she was thrilled when she seen them all coming back That's alive. The thing, yeah. You know, yeah. she didn't really. So there's a little bit of softness behind her there, you know, as and well. And showing her un- unpredictability. Yeah, They never well. quite knew where they were yeah, with her. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The very, father was were, rock solid. They were, uh, they were afraid of, of authority at that stage, like the police. Mm. So they felt they had to do something yeah. with the dog. But at the end of the day, they loved the dog so much that they, they, they just felt they couldn't do it. And then I suppose the mother is very much concerned with the policeman, as you said, he's coming to the yeah. door. And she's always concerned with well, what people authority. are thinking of yeah. her as well, aren't they? Like yeah. that's a, yeah. a whole thing of identity is that I suppose that's a contrast between the two characters is the dad doesn't really seem to care what people 
Oh, he's more think. laid back. Yeah. yeah. And she, yet at the same time, the job he's in, he would um, defer to his, his... He would defer to his employer mm. because he felt he was above him. Yeah. The fact when the Jacobs died out and sold off the property to Catholics who had come into mm. new money... Yeah. The father had no respect for them and didn't want to work for them. Because they had a different accent as well. Yeah. Mm. They were more Dublin and so he, he, did, he didn't, he have, didn't have any respect for them. You know, regard yeah, for regard. them in, in any yeah. way. Um, but again, I suppose we have to look. We, we know very little about the father's background. But we have a lot about the mother's sort of dysfunctional family. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the book starts off with my grandmother made... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you see that um, uh, the mother's background in the book, you do realise where she's coming from in a way. I mean, she grew up in the house and I I suppose we're not really told explicitly what it is that her sister, but she's obviously autistic or something, her sister. And to grow up in that and then her brother is an an alcoholic. alcoholic, So, I mean, to grow up in that environment and obviously her mother's character. I mean, what about the grandmother's character? She's not in it long, but you get a good sense of her, don't you? What kind of a person do you think she was? She's Slightly crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she ruled them all with an iron fist anyway. And then you look at these women and you say, well, that grandmother has a son who's an alcoholic and an autistic child in those days yeah, with no life. support. So you can kind of, I think he's very good at doing that, isn't he? That he's shown what happened, but he's also um, not excusing it, but he's shown how it happened yeah. as well, why it happened. Really. Because it's a learned behaviour. When you come from a background like that, you don't know any better, so... She didn't know any better when she was rearing, rearing him as well, you know, because her background was, was just terrible. When you look at, I mean, they say that theme of education, Geraldine, how is that played out in the book? How would you go the about The education is very interesting because as Bernie said earlier, he said he didn't learn anything in school, but he did. Further on, he says he learned to cope with life through words. One of the things we found reading the book initially were his words. I mean, where you, we might say something in 10 words. Hugh Leonard says it in 30. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he has made up words, which we enjoyed eventually. We, we, took, <laughs> we took a while to get used to his mm, language. Yeah. Um, and there's the little instant, I don't know if you remember, of the letter when the mother is getting him to write Ms. a letter Pim. of right. thanks. Yeah, yeah. And he shows off, basically. He, he, he quotes Mr. McCorber and he quotes Dickens and she doesn't know what that is. And she's, she wants him to take it out and he's showing off and showing that he knows this and he's gone beyond her. And it, I think it kind of identifies that thing of moving away yeah. and yeah. being more educated than your parents. Yeah. It was Jack's job to write to Mrs. Pym, the tanker, if only his ma said, to show her that they were in the land of the living and had manners every bit as good as her own. Today was Sunday, when he and his friend Oliver would go down to the seafront in Dunleary. So when she called him back, he sat at the kitchen table in a temper, waiting while she put his notepad and the blue-black ink in front of him. What sort of codology is that, his ma said when she read it. How? How is it you're like? It's a character out of a book. The way he said it, short and sweet, told her she would not understand and that it would be a waste of his time to explain. It told her that she read books by Ruby M. Ayers and Nat Gould, and that he was cleverer than she was. More than that, it told her that there was a foreign language he could speak that would be understood by Mrs. Pym and not by her. What do we think of Jack's character in the book? Did we like him, his character? 
he I wouldn't like to be his friend now. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? You wouldn't get on the wrong side yeah. of him or read anything he wrote about me now. You might turn up yeah, in the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a family member. Oh, no. Some of us would, it, would he remember you, He was a people pleaser, you see, and he didn't really seem to have much of a personality. He wanted everyone to like him. He seemed to be um, very sensitive and everything seemed to... He, you know, he dealt with things different to others and the, that he um, he was always embarrassed and um, he kind of grew up outside the house and didn't really give a lot in the house I yeah. felt like yeah. he did all his growing up outside yeah and did his character progress do you think he progressed as the story went on do you think he changed chip, or he got better I thought he had a chip on did his did the chip get bigger yeah I thought the chip got bigger <laughs> Yeah. And yet, yet look at the end. I mean, the whole thing is, is yeah, nostalgic. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He the two lighted rooms yeah. and the harbour at the end yeah, of the, the world. Room, yeah. he loved. He he loved. Yeah, his he loved parents. his parents. Yeah, and then that's what he said at the end yeah. about the harbour. But that's the adults looking the back. Yeah. See, when you look back at something, it's completely different it to when you're going through something. Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you, you see yeah. it for what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he knew he was loved. Yeah. It was that last moment of day when the wind drops and nothing moves. The instant of stillness before a shout. Lights were coming on in houses. I saw a man, a coloured picture in a black frame, reading his newspaper by the fire, and further along a table laid for tea. I ran harder. In our own house, I saw my father, home from work, pick up the alarm clock that lay on its back on the dresser and turn it this way and that, as if it would tell him what had become of me. I heard the gas pour in the mantle, and saw the tea in the cups, and the bread, buttered and waiting. I saw my mother at the corner of the lane, peering down Sorrento Road for a sight of me, one hand comforting the other. I wanted to tell them, I'm not far off, I'm hurrying. I rang down Spring Hill, along Barnhill Road past the metals, through the town and towards the last turn of the road, towards the two lighted rooms that were the harbour at the world's end. Okay, now the final question is, in 2015, um, you were asked to choose which one of the following statements best described the book. It's a book about family, it's a book about Ireland in the past, or it's a book about growing up. So, Pat, which one do you think? Is it about family? Growing up. Growing up. Okay, you think it's about growing up. Yeah. It's about the way he talked back of of how he grew up. And when he was writing, he knew that so many people could relate to it, especially the the times that he grew into. I could relate to a lot of it, Mm. especially the church, the school and the whole lot. I would say all three. All three, yeah. Yeah, growing up and how how Ireland was that time. And the the family, the way... The family that he came from. Yes, I thought it was about growing up. Okay. And about Ireland at the time, Mm. in those years growing up. And everyone, all the characters and all the incidents he describes are all part of his history and his makeup and what he became. Okay. And Geraldine, if you're you're answering that question, I suppose... um you obviously have to pick one, do you? I mean, I'm delighted, <laughs> delighted listening to everyone going around the table because I say plump for one, but choose the other two. Okay, it right. gives you more to you talk about, in. and that's exactly yeah, yeah. what they're doing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's always, I mean, this this book is rooted in its time and its place, but it's also incredibly universal in terms yeah. of its themes. 
just the theme of growing up and growing up and away from parents and that could apply no matter where you were mm. reared. Yeah. So you yeah. can talk about both. OK, well, listen, thanks again to everybody for coming in today. (laughs) When I was 21 It was a very good year It was a very good year For city girls Who lived up the stair With all that perfumed hair And it came undone When I was 21 This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.